0: comes McDavid, charging down
1: the ice, he's got a step, he's in, backhand, score! A beauty in McDavid on oh, and early! But at Mike Smith is going to go as double ice, Calvary and Smith moving on both sides of this battle of Alberta, this is unbelievable! This one year, one and a half year here, uh, getting me more confidence, for sure I'm stronger and faster and I feel like I'm growing up for person and player a lot feels like I'm like ready to get the new step for the NHL now McDavid across the dry Scores 100 points for we could learn from what we went through and everyone's pissed off about, I think that's the best way to to describe it, but there's a taste in everyone's mouth that's very, um, you know, the norm, like, we need to find a way to to not have that taste, And, and we've had it four out of five years here, so we know we need to do better.
0: Welcome to the Locked On Oilers podcast. On this February twenty third, it's game day. Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks. Eight o'clock puck drop from Vancouver. I'm your host Hernan Salas from TSN twelve sixteen. The two guys and a goalie podcast connected me on Twitter at Hernando and at Locked On Oilers. Give us a follow, drop us a DM, chat with us about some Edmonton Oilers stuff. So hit me up on Twitter at Hernando and at Locked On Oilers. On today's show, we're here from Dave Tippett. We'll get to predictions. We'll get to Hernan's hot tip and all that fun stuff. We'll also be joined in the second segment by Chris Faber from the Canucks Conversation podcast, as he'll give us a beat on the Vancouver Canucks. Connect with him on Twitter at Chris Faber 39 a very good podcast. He does some excellent, excellent work. It's the Edmonton Oilers and Vancouver Canucks tonight. Let's get right to it. Edmonton sits second in the North Division with a record of 12-8, and 8, 24 points. They're coming off a 7-1 win over the Calgary Flames on Saturday night. The Vancouver Canucks sit with a record of 8-12-2 and 2 for 18 points. They're sixth in the North Division. They've lost two straight, and they're coming off a 4-3 OT loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Edmonton's rolling have won nine of their last 11 games. This is the third of 10 matchups between these two teams. Of course, they kicked off the season with two games here at Edmonton. Edmonton lost 5-3 on January 13th. On the next day, it was Connor McDavid hat-trick night as he led the way, uh, defeating the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 5 2 Let's get into some stats for both these teams. Power plays. Edmonton is ninth in the league at 26.4%. So they jump into the top 10. Vancouver sits at 20th at 17.11. Penalty kill Edmonton trending upwards. They're now 21st at 76.6%. Vancouver's PK is very good. They're 10th at 82.1%. How about both these teams? Both in the top three for goals for Vancouver. Though second in most uh, goals against. So kind of what the orders were early on on the season. Edmonton again trending down in the standings in this one and that's a good thing. They now sit six in goals against, but both these teams can score and the lotto line is uh, getting a little hot there in Vancouver. Just some small streaks going right now. Chase on Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse on two game point streaks. They will be wearing those reverse retros. I really like them. I love the orange pants, uh, the the all-white look. So they're wearing those for the next two games. And I think it's the last time they're wearing them this season, which is kind of ridiculous. But nonetheless, uh, McDavid leads the Oilers with 37, with 31 career points versus Vancouver. Nuge has a team-high 13 goals against the Canucks. So look for those two guys. If you're looking for prop bets, how about my bet yesterday? I told you to put a hundy on the flames. Woo! Hernan coming in hot on the bets. Yeah, I put a hundy on him and uh, it was very nice to see them win. And I mean, when you have to pick between those two teams, uh, whatever. But when you can make some money, hell, why not? Tyson Berry has points in nine of 11 for 13 points. Oil, uh, the orders still lead the league in first period goals with 28. Edmonton also leads the NHL in wins when leading after one with 10, and also leads the league in wins with 10 when leading after 40. So the orders are rolling. Like I mentioned minutes ago, they've won nine of their last 11 games after starting three and six. And uh, yeah, it wasn't good here in Edmonton. <laughs> leading scores, McDavid obviously leads the Oilers and the NHL with 37 points, he leads them in goals with 12 assists with 25 and uh, Darnell nurse and Leon dry at the top of the plus minus category at plus 13. Let's get to some uh, lineup notes. Here's Dave Tippett today on the potential lineup and who's in and out for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Uh, James Neal is not available. He's not on the trip with us. He uh, he's unavailable to play. So he's out and we'll, figure out where we are with all the, uh, the rest of it after the skate this morning, there's a couple guys that have to skate and, uh, would have to get Clarence to play.
0: You heard it there. James Neal is out, didn't even make the trip. Uh, Bear was skating with the main group today. We'll find out uh, closer to game time, what his status is in and what the D-parents are going to look like. We talked about it a bit yesterday. Is it going to be Bear with with Jones? Is it going to be uh, Jones with Larson and then Bear maybe plays with Russell? You're not splitting up that top here. I, I have a hard time seeing that. Or are you just going to go Bear Bouchard? So it's going to be interesting to see what he decides. Who comes in for Neal? Well, Joachim Nygaard was on that line yesterday in practice, so uh, more than likely expect him to draw back in. And just another note that I didn't, I didn't cut the audio for, but Kyle Turris was injured in the, before the Calgary game in the pre in the morning skate. He is also uh, he was going to skate with the team today, but he's he's dealing with a bit of an injury, and that's why he's been out. So, yeah, who comes in for Neil? Looks like it's going to be Joachim Nygaard, and is Bear good to go? Who's he going to play with? Who's in and out? Oh, we can't wait. And how about between the pipe?
1: Mike Smith will start.
0: Mike Smith will start. The audio was a little interrupted there on the uh, Zoom call. That's why it sounded bad. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. But... Mike Smith and again I don't think there's a wrong decision here I truly don't but uh, Mike Smith's rolling he's playing excellent excellent hockey right now he's 4-0 1.83 goals against average and a 940 save percentage so that's all we got from practice today so we'll uh, wait and see there's a few just two if Bear's ready to go and who's going in for Neil? I expect the top three lines to be the same and then that fourth line will have a, a new left winger looking at the Vancouver side Brock Besser leads with 12 goals and 22 points uh, he leads in both categories for the Vancouver Canucks Hughes leads all NHL defensemen with 21 points in 22 games but he's sitting at a minus 12 Uh, this kid's uh, he's great he offensively and all that he's struggling a bit defensively this year but uh, this guy is an absolute stud so Quinn Hughes is a guy you have to track as well and we know Thatcher Demko is getting the start for the Vancouver Canucks. Well, ask Chris Faber if this is the right choice. And is it time to run with Demko in Vancouver? He has a record of 4-7-1 this season with a 3.31 goals against average and a point. Nine zero one save percentage. Hope he has also won four games, but his numbers are a little, a little worse off than uh, Damco. So that's your Damko getting the start. For well, guys, what to expect in tonight's game? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I think Vancouver always plays Edmonton tough. I think Edmonton is rolling though. Uh, Connor McDavid coming off a five point night, a, a hat trick, dry sidle. You know he's due for a big game as well. Yamamoto and Cahoon get back on the scoreboard. He hasn't scored in a while again, so it can be interesting to see Kyra on that line. Uh, they've they've been good. They've been really good. I've really liked Gates on Haas. Alex Chase on on the power play. So in that sense, they're rolling. And I, I want to throw one stat out there from Brian Swain. I'll give Swainer credit. Uh, he's a good buddy. Um, he always has these good little tidbits for for all of us. So Oilers goals per game in their three and six start. McDonald david accounted for 1.22 of the goals the rest of the team 1.67 nine and two since their nine and two record right dry saddle mcdavid accounted for 1.00 goals per game the rest of the team 3.18 that's is scoring depth that is secondary scoring and for all those people that always said "Oh, secondary secondary scoring doesn't matter it does because the orders have won games without these guys scoring they would have lost those games years past so we got to stop throwing that out there. <laughs> that This is not important. This is huge. And how about their defense? Holy smokes. Barry, nurse, both at 16 points. It's just unreal. You got goals from Larson. You got all different guys in the back end chipping in for the Edmonton Oilers. So it's great to see. Finally, finally, you have everything kind of coming together. The secondary scoring, the goaltending is playing good. This team's playing better defensively. You're winning games with all your stars. Like, come on, you can't be complaining about that. It is absolutely good news for the M. In order to have all these things going right now. They're not going to win every game this season. Obviously, we all know that we're not yeah, obviously we're not stupid, but they're they are gonna drop games, or they, they are gonna have little blips and, and and drop a game maybe that to a lesser team, whatever. But this team you have to be impressed. They they keep doing good things out there. And they're they're trending in the right direction. This is a new team. This is something we haven't seen a lot of uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. They've won three games, three straight games, three different times this season. That's, trust me, we have not seen that in a long time. Oilers are always win two, lose two, win one, win, lose one. So for me, the Edmonton Oilers are trending in the right direction. Things are looking on the up and up. Let me know what you think is going to happen in tonight's game. Vancouver coming off a 4-3 OT loss to the Jets. The Oilers coming off a... Hella good game versus the Calgary Flames, where they took it to them by a score of seven to one. Will we see a drop-off? Who knows? Is Vancouver gonna come out feisty? We'll wait and see. But coming up next, we'll get to Chris Faber from the Canucks Conversation Podcast. We tee up orders and Canucks. That goes tonight at 8 o'clock. I'm Hernan Salas, and you're listening to the Locked On Orders Podcast. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Welcome back to the Locked On Oilers Podcast. I'm your host Hernan Salas and I'm pleased to welcome in Chris Faber from the Canuck Conversation Podcast. Connect with him on Twitter at ChrisFaber39 as we continue to preview Oilers Canucks tonight. 8 o'clock puck drop from Vancouver. Chris, let's get right into it. Uh, Vancouver currently 6th in the division, sitting there with uh, a record of 8-12 and 2. They've lost their last to, to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the last one was in overtime. If, I know we chatted before this season. If I would have told you then uh, this team would be in sixth place, what would you have said?
2: <laughs> Hernan, good to, good to chat with you again, yeah. man. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough. I think that there was a lot of things on this Canucks roster that were definitely <laughs> worrisome. I think a lot of the, the group in the bottom six wasn't going to score a lot of goals and, and some of the depth on defense was scary. Uh, The the crazy thing is that there actually has been a lot of scoring from the Canucks' bottom six, and I think it surprised a lot of people from what we've seen from guys like Brandon Sutter and Tyler Mott. But, you know, this this team runs through what they do with the lotto line, and for people that don't know, the lottery over here in BC is a 649, so that's Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, and JT Miller. Uh, that's where that nickname comes from. And and I do think that that line has been good lately, but to start the season, I mean, there was a lot of struggles with the Canucks first line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely picked up in the top six because of the work that Huglander and Horvat were doing. Uh, and I, going back to that show with you, man, I think I called it with Huglander. He was really starting to blow up. Uh, and he did look like that so far in the early season. But this is, this is something that a lot of people predicted. Um, a lot of people were looking at it from a positive point of view. I was probably one of those people, but... To to see them sitting in sixth out of seven in this division, it doesn't shock me. I guess knowing what the roster this Canucks team has, yeah. And you
0: brought up the lotto line. I was just looking at some numbers. They they have gotten better lately. I I, I think they're um they're 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 getting it together and they're putting up some points. Brock Besser leads the team in goals and points as well. Was J T. Miller missing uh, the first few games and all that kind of the reason for that slow start for that line? And they're just finding their groove. I know Pedersen was a little slow off off the gate as well. Um, what could you put it on? why why, why was such a slow start for that group?
2: Yeah, I think that that trio specifically, there was some struggles in the early part of the season from JT Miller. Uh, we saw some visible frustration from him on the ice. We saw a little bit of a stare down from Braden Holtby yeah. on a play where, where he really just didn't help cover Austin Matthews going to the net. Um, there's been a couple of different things, but I do think that that's the problem right now with that specific lotto line is the play of JT Miller. It's just, you know, I think a lot of people were blown away with what he did last season. I mean, he led the Vancouver Canucks in scoring last year and a lot of people were thinking, OK, he's going to step right back in and do that exact same thing. He's going to be a guy who drives play is excellent on the forecheck, makes great passes and just kind of makes Brock Besser and Elias Petterson better. And right now, up to this point in the season, we're just not quite getting that. I think that there's a little bit of just maybe the effort level that's just lost a little bit, but it also feels like a timing thing. And I wonder how much that does come down to those two games that he had to miss because of COVID at the start of the year. So uh, I'm curious to see if they can get back to what they did last year because JT Miller, I mean, the Canucks gave up a lot for him, right? A first-round pick, a third-round pick. And to think that – He might just be a guy who fits nicely into your top six as kind of a depth piece isn't great because last year he was a play driver. He was a first line guy. A lot of people had him as one of the top wingers in the Western Conference, if not the NHL on some of those NHL.com lists, which we don't have to get into because some of those lists are ridiculous. Uh, But, uh, (laughs) you know, I think what we want to see and what our expectations are of him are so high now in Vancouver after his first year here that, the fact that he's not living up to them right now is definitely disappointing for a lot of Canucks
0: fans. Chatting with Chris Faber from the Canucks Conversation podcast here on the Locked On Orders podcast as we're setting up Orders Canucks that goes tonight at 8 o'clock Edmonton time. Looking at the uh, the, uh, the decor of the uh, Vancouver Canucks, they lost Stetcher in the offseason. Obviously, they lost Chris Tanev. They brought in Nate Schmidt. Uh, what's gone... Well, I shouldn't say what's gone wrong with it, but what are they missing in this group? Quinn Hughes is putting up a ton of points but sits at a minus 12, I think. What have mm-hmm. you made of the Canucks D core so far this season, Chris?
2: Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of just major giveaways from this defense core. I think something that they struggled for specifically in that big six game losing streak a couple of weeks ago was that they just couldn't make that first pass out of their zone. Um, I don't know if it was just due to forwards not being there to support them enough or just bad bad decisions and bad plays. There was a lot of fan passes coming out of their own zone and and it's, it's just these major, huge giveaways that you can just spot every single game that just end up in the back of the Canucks yeah. net. And they've cleaned it up a little bit. I think that there's been a little bit of a strategy change from Travis Green um, from what we're seeing on the four check, at least anyways. And it's shutting down, you know, some of the chances that they're giving up. But at the same time, I mean, this Canucks team is still giving up a ton of shots every single game they're in. And, and Nate Schmidt was supposed to come in and, and be this guy who was just going to really change the top four group. I don't think it would be a stretch for anyone to say that they would love to have Nate Schmidt in their top four on their team because he's yeah. that type of. Player. And I think Canucks fans were excited because it's been a while since we've had like a for sure top four guy come in to assist a guy like Quinn Hughes. who is definitely a number one and he just, he's had some huge mistakes so far early in the year, but at the same time I've really liked the pairing of Nate Schmidt and Alex Edler. I think that's one of the better second pairings in this division uh, when they play good hockey they've been pretty good at defending goals against uh, there's just not really that pop that we've kind of seen. And the Canucks are really missing a guy like Troy Stecher right now. I mean, yeah. he's a guy who really was just a great piece for this team, a local kid. Um, and that was just a huge loss for the Canucks, specifically for the price that we saw that he went to Detroit for. So I think that there's some problems with a little bit of the depth as well. But there's been some guys that have stepped up lately, and the Canucks are definitely playing a little bit of a better game with a guy like Olia Levy now getting some more ice time and actually looking like an NHL player. So there's, there's some ups, there's some downs, but the problem is the downs that we're seeing are just so major and huge giveaways that, are just resulting, like I said, with pucks in the back of their own net. Yeah, and it's it's always
0: those like kind of under the radar guys, like a Troy Stetcher, that you truly miss when you when you don't have them. I always say, careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, it's true though. We've seen that here in Edmonton a lot. Stetcher, uh, Damko getting the start tonight versus the Edmonton Oilers. He's four seven and one. His goals against is 3-3-1. Three, three, His save percentage nine and oh, one. Hopey has also won four games, but uh, right now is, is this the right call for you? Is it? Because it, it, here in Edmonton, we don't think there's a wrong choice. Smith and Koskinen have both played really good as of late. How about for you guys down in Vancouver? Would you roll with Demko or Hopi right now? And then just your thoughts on Demko going in tonight?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see Thatcher Demko get both these games against the Oilers here over the next I just, I think we're at a point right now where in Vancouver, Thatcher Demko has been the guy who is the goaltender of the future. I mean, he's been in the organization now for, I believe, seven years. He was drafted in 2014, I believe. I could, it could be 15. But he's been here for you know a decent amount of time. And It's always kind of been the thought of that, you know, as he was graduating from NCAA to AHL, that he was going to be the starter of the future. He had great numbers in the AHL, a full year as a starter there before coming up to the NHL. And now we're kind of at that point. And it's kind of weird to think, because you talk about a goaltender of the future for so long. And it's like, oh, wow, we're in the future now, right? Like, you know, it's it's the time where Thatcher Demko looks like he's going to be the starter and kind of get that role to run with his team a little bit. I thought he had a great game in Winnipeg, uh, the first game that they played uh, just two games ago now. He allowed one goal against and, you know, was was kind of dialed in. And we started to see – we're starting to see a lot more of that from him as the season's going on. And I do think that he is the Canucks starter at this point in the season, even though the veteran presence kind of gave Holtby – more starts early on in the year and potentially kind of moved it more to 50-50. But really, the way that this team's moving and the way that this core is built, it, it seems like it's Thatcher Demko's job now to become the starter. So, like I said, it, it wouldn't shock me at all to see him get back-to-back starts here against the Oilers.
0: Uh, Chris, are you expecting the same lineup uh, that that we saw against the Jets for the Canucks tonight?
2: I think we'll see something very similar. Yeah, I do believe that uh, the fourth line is going to be patrolled by Zach McEwen, Jay Beagle, and Jake Bertan. once again, that fourth line actually looked pretty solid in their limited amount of minutes that they played in that last game against the Jets. A uh, lot of line, top six, it's all going to kind of look the same. Huglander, Horvat, and Pearson will be together. And then that third line, it's it's had some up and down games with Brandon Sutter, Antoine Roussel, and Adam Gaudette there. Uh, I think that uh, that's a line that kind of can really add to this Canucks team if they want to get a win, if they can get some goals out of that bottom six group. Um, it's going to be huge for them to kind of take some weight off of the top six guys. So I'm expecting a very similar lineup, maybe one tweak or two. I know that Jace Howelluck, uh has been getting closer to playing as well as Travis Hamanick. We might see one of those guys slide into the second game uh, if the Canucks end up losing to the Oilers here tonight. So, We'll see what happens, but uh, as for the first game against you guys over there, I think it's going to be similar to what we saw in the Winnipeg game last night.
0: Just quickly on that series with the Jets, uh, a two nothing loss and a uh, uh, OT loss. Uh, what went wrong in those two games? Because I, I saw the the second game and they, they they had some good moments for sure.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that's the thing that's such a um, <laughs> such a problem right now for Canucks fans is because you know, you come off of a six-game losing streak and then you put together some really good games here. I mean, we're seeing a lot of possession go in the Canucks' direction over the past couple of games, and I think that's actually a good spot for them to match up with the Oilers because I know that you've seen a lot of the Oilers' games this year. They do seem to not really control a high amount of possession and amount of shot attempts in their games, though they just put up crazy amount of goals over the last little stretch here. Yeah. But I think that that's going to be something the Canucks need to keep doing is just controlling possession, and that's what they did against the Jets. I mean... They played some good games against that Jets team. I think both games they played solid. They've been a lot better than, you know, driving me insane and giving me gray hairs like they have been earlier in the season. So <laughs> I'm hoping that they uh, that they stay with that format here as they move into this Oilers uh, matchup in this doubleheader here. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think that they're playing some pretty good hockey right now. So I think it's a good time to run into this Oilers team who, who does play a pretty wide open game as well. It might force some of the Canucks players to kind, of, to kind of match that game style and maybe see what the top six can do against the Oilers' top six here.
0: You got a prediction for this mini two-game series, Chris? Are you going to take the split? Because I think that's where I'm leaning towards. It's the easy answer.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm going to say the Oilers win both these games oh, right now. Wow. I think that there's, um, there's a lot of problems going on right now. Um, you know, the fact that Travis Green doesn't have a contract and he's one of the great young coaches in the NHL for this Canucks team, I, I know that it's not really a story right now because, like, it's a weird year. It's a pandemic season. But at the same time, like, I just think that the players would like their head coach that they trust and believe in to have that contract, have that stability, and know that he's going to be the guy for the next couple of years. And with the uncertainty about Jim Benning as the general manager right now, it's tough because if a new GM comes in, maybe he's got a guy, right? So it's a tough situation right now with the coaching staff. I think that there's a lot of things going wrong for the Vancouver Canucks. And I know this Oilers team has just been so hot lately. I mean, scoring a ton of goals. And that's kind of been the thing that's been hurting the Canucks lately is just able to put in pucks in the back of the net. They're getting a ton of scoring chances, firing shots on net from everywhere, but just not getting to the net hard enough to have those dirty goals count for them. And, and yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Oilers. Like uh, I got some bets going in on this one. I'm going to take the Oilers to win by at least two in each of these games here, because I just think that the Oilers are clicking right now and the Canucks are kind of falling. So it's not a great matchup, I think, for this next team coming to it
0: right now. Yeah, I, I think they went, the Oilers went tonight. I, Vancouver always plays Edmonton tough, regardless of where the teams are in the standings. So I, I am picking a split, but I do think the Oilers pick up the win tonight. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I know you're a busy man, and uh, it's going to be a fun game. It always is when these two teams meet. Well, We'll see if uh, Petterson and McDavid have some magic tonight. But Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to join me uh, on the podcast.
2: Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's actually going to be... My first time in arena watching Connor McDavid uh, on the twenty fifth game, or the game that's just coming up. Uh, what will that be? Thursday that's going to be the first time I get to see Connor McDavid play live, so I'm very excited for
0: that. Oh, that is, uh, that's awesome. Here, like, we go to the home games, and I mean, we've watched him for years now, but every time you just see him live and that close, it's just, it's even more amazing, just the stuff he does on the ice, so yeah, I enjoy it for sure because it's going to be great.
2: Absolutely. Oilers fans must be tired of seeing that GIF of uh, from Superbad, where it's like, he's the fastest kid alive. you know, like, <laughs> that must be just overplayed in your guys' market.
0: Oh yeah, I even use it, I use the audio on my podcast, so it's definitely overpaid, <laughs> overplayed for sure, Chris. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. We'll chat soon. You too. Talk to you later. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. The NHL is well underway, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore and get in on the action. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Owners podcast. I'm your host, Hernan Salas from TSN 1260 and the 2 guys in a goalie podcast we'll get to Dave Tippett here right away but first let's get to some news from around the NHL not a lot going on the yeah, big story. Tiger Woods, um, multiple leg injuries after a car accident. Looks like a rollover there in Los Angeles. Um, reports that he is undergoing surgeries and uh, the condition uh not clear yet. So, yeah, scary, scary scene there uh, for Tiger Woods. Wishing him all the best in his recovery. Uh, yeah, you go look online. It's just it's uh, not good, not good. Uh He's seriously injured in a car accident, Tiger Woods. That is the news of the day around the world of sports when it comes to the NA. Shell some waiver wires. Uh, Luke Chen on waivers today, along with Tanner Carroll from the Stars, Tommy Cross from the Panthers, and Mark Friedman from the Philadelphia Flyers. Not really big names there. Hitting the, the waiver wire. Exp- uh, some good news. Henrik Lundqvist back... Uh, Training as he tweeted out a video working out in full gear. Great to see uh, handsome Henrik uh, Lundqvist back on the ice. The St. Louis Blues announced today that defenseman Carl Gunnarsson won't play again this season, and forward Ivan Barbashev is out at least six weeks, so some losses there for the St. Louis Blues. And uh, Thomas Shabbat was on the ice at morning skate. He missed last game. He's been kind of day-to-day a few times this season, so we'll see if the... Oh, The talented Shabbat can play tonight to your NHL schedule. six games on tap. Washington home to the Penguins. The Blackhawks are on the road to take on the Blue Jackets. Like I just mentioned, Ottawa is home to the Montreal Canadiens. Sabres and Devils do battle from New Jersey. Nashville is on the road in Detroit. And the late game is Edmonton Oilers at the Vancouver Canucks. 8 o'clock puck drop for that one. Right, guys, let's get to Dave Tippett as he met with the Edmonton media today. Hi, Dave. So, continued... You know, desire for growth and motivation throughout the season. I'm sure at one point you guys wanted to get back to 500. Now you've exceeded that. Do you talk about, hey, first four-game winning streak, chance to get it tonight, tracking down the Leafs. What are some little posts you set?
1: Well, you just got to continue to improve. You know, you're going to come in against a desperate team tonight. They're they're looking to get themselves back in the race. They played a lot better here the last uh, little bit, so... We're focused on this game tonight and, uh, and preparing for that and making sure that we're ready to play at the level we need to to try to continue to get some wins.
2: Dave, when the narrative about a team, as it has been at times with your group, is that, you know, if you don't get enough offense on any given night or from the big guns that, you know, you're going to have a tough time. When that's the narrative, does that, does that weigh heavy – on the rest of the lineup. And now that you've got a group that's contributing kind of through all four lines, is is it just create a much different feel among the group?
1: That's your narrative. That's not our narrative. That's the media narrative. That's not the narrative in here. We, 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 everybody is expected to do what they can do to help win. Obviously some guys are uh, more offensively gifted. Some guys are penalty killers that the narrative out there. That's that's not within this group. The narrative in here is how we're going to win, and each player recognizes their ability, what they can do to help us win. So, um, you know, that's that's our feeling. If we don't get into okay if Connor and Leon don't score, then somebody else got to score. That's not the narrative we're talking about. We we're doing what we have to do to win, and everybody's expected to do their part. All stated
2: a different way. Then when you are having a string of games or in a stretch where. You're getting contributions from all over the lineup. Do you sense that you know the whole group uh, is uplifted by that, and that it's a better feel with the whole group?
1: Well, when everybody's contributing, you know, when you go, you're playing tight games and your penalty killers is is real strong, or you're, you know, you you get chipping in a goal from uh, from uh, you know a bottom six group or something. I mean, everybody feels good about it. Everybody wants to contribute, but the the thought of the only way you can contribute is with offense is not right. There's a lot of ways to contribute to a win, and uh, and that's what makes our team feel good. I I think I think Connor and Leon, they like to contribute defensively or out there. You know when you're when we're playing against an empty net, they know they have to play well defensively uh, to help us get a win. So there's, I mean, it, I think the narrative sometimes is too skewed towards offense and, and Connor and Leon and our narrative in here is, is always skewed towards playing a strong team game and everybody, everybody committed to doing what they do best to help us win. So it's, I understand what you're saying. There's, there's always a narrative, you know, Connor and Leon, if they don't play well, then we don't win, but we don't think like that in here. It's, it's our whole team plays well and we get a good team win. Uh, Dave, you mentioned Vancouver, a, a desperate team, but uh,
2: you, you're, and I know you always like to focus on what your team is doing. So you look to continue your play defensively and just, you know, your overall structure. How much is it more just being the decision-making from defensemen? Is it support from the offense? Because in your nine wins, you've only allowed 17 goals. Like that's like that's sound. It's not just a one-off or two-off.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's been a better team game. Our goaltending is. uh you know, you look at our goaltenders numbers over that stretch is, is a lot better than it was earlier in the year. Um, you know, I think we're, we're finding some rhythm in our in our game, how we want to play the structure we want to play. Um, that being said, like there's there's you know, we've talked about it for the last day and a half here. And part of it was that game, the game, the second game. Calgary, we got loose in the second half of that game and we gave up more chances than I'd like to see us give up. I, I love winning seven-one, don't get me wrong. But we come in here and play loose like that, we're gonna be behind it tonight. So our focus has got to be to defend well, do things well without the puck, as well as play well with the puck. So both those go into creating offense and keeping goals out of your net. So we're we're finding a happy balance there that's helped us win, but we have to continue to focus on that to, to make sure we're getting better going forward.
2: Um, what will you miss most uh, with uh, Cuckoo? Out? Uh,
1: just a real steady, strong defender plays heavy, a good penalty killer was a, uh, was a good partner for, uh, for young guy Bush, just a real stabilizer for him. So he was a, he was a real steady, solid player for us. We'll have to, uh, Somebody's going to have to come in and, and really uh, do the same job that he was doing and and uh, give us solid minutes. Hi, Dave. Uh, you've had some really good returns from guys returning from the practice squad this season, uh, which is which is great for you guys. But I imagine for them, it's not it's not a bunch of fun to be on it. As a coaching staff, do you kind of have to go out of your way to make sure that they don't feel like forgotten men, or is it just up to them to? Yeah, we, you know, we've we've tried to really make sure that uh, you continue to get everybody, keep everybody involved, but it is uh, it is a challenge. I know I've I've been in that position, not with the taxi squad, but in and out of a lineup years ago, and it's a challenge. I mean, it's. Uh, it's it's never an easy thing for a player to sit out, but it's the uh, the reality of our situation this year. We've got more guys than that than uh, than normal, and uh, you know, like you say, our I love what our our assistant coaches have put great time in with those guys and our and our extra players. I give them a ton of credit. They've worked hard. They've got a great attitude, and you know, you saw with Ennis, you saw with uh, JJ, even with Nealer, like. They went, gone down in two or three days, worked their butt off and, and earned their way back in the lineup and then got in the lineup and stayed there. So it's, uh, you know, it's been, it's been good for us because we've had some injuries and, and guys coming in and out, but it's, uh, you've got motivated players who uh, love the way they work, whether they're in the lineup or not. And when they do get their opportunity, they're ready to go.
0: Right, guys, that was the head coach, Dave Tippett, meeting with the media before tonight's game. Just updates on the lines. Uh, James Neal out. He didn't even make the trip, so... I'm assuming it's going to be Joachim Nygaard and then uh, we won't know until later if Ethan Bear draws in and what the pairings will look like for the Edmonton Oilers. Mike Smith getting the start for Edmonton, his fifth of the season. As far as uh, Vancouver Canucks, you kind of heard there uh, Chris Faber say he doesn't expect a lot of change. So based on last game's lines, uh, Tanner Pearson was with Bo Horvat and Nils Hoglander. The uh, lotto line with Miller, Pedersen, and Besser stays together. Anton Rossell was with Brandon Sutter and Adam Gaudette. And your fourth line was McEwen with Jay Beagle and Jake Vertanen defensively. Edler with Schmidt, Quinn Hughes with Jordy Ben, Jewel Levy with Tyler Myers, and Thatcher Damko gets a start between the pipes. Right, guys, let's get to Hernan's hot tip. right, guys. Uh, For me, it's no letdown. Uh, We've seen in the past, and I know I know the past. I always say don't think about the past, but you've seen the team kind of have a letdown after a big win, after uh, you know putting multiple games together here, like the Oilers have, winning three straight, coming off a 7-1 win. No letdown. Keep going, man. Uh, Don't give them any hope. Try to get that first goal. You score a ton in the first period. Get multiple goals. Do what you have to do. Get the saves from Mike Smith. Play sound defensively. Just don't have a letdown. Don't let Vancouver jump out to a lead here. uh, You know, a two, three goal lead early on. So I don't want to see a letdown from the Edmonton orders. I'm very impressed with them. The back-to-back wins over Calgary. I did not see that coming. So keep it going. Why not? If you're a good team, you win these games. So for me, it's no letdown by the Edmonton orders. Don't feel good about yourselves. Just go into this game with a fresh mind and say, Hey, we have to sweep this series. Now don't, uh, don't just sit there and feel good about your last three games. Prediction. I'm going 3-1 Edmonton Oilers. I think the Edmonton Oilers, I was a little surprised Chris Faber took them uh, in both games, but I'm going to take him in this one I just just because the Oilers are rolling. I mean, McDavid at Saddle playing well. Every Your bottom six is playing well. Your D-Core is playing outstanding. You're getting the goaltending special teams. The PK is coming around. The power play still a little bit hit and miss, but when they're on, they're on. So I think they're uh, going to defeat the Vancouver Canucks for their fourth straight win. They're going to win by a score of three to one. And I'm going to pick Nuge as my go to Oiler today, the leader in points. I think he gets one goal and one assist. And the Nuge uh, leads the way for the Edmonton Oilers. How about a nice little bet today from go to betonline.ag? It's a far less risky move, but I'm taking Columbus. They're currently at minus 117. But 117 on that, you'll win 100 bucks. And uh, they're home to the Chicago Blackhawks. But both teams coming off a loss. But I like Columbus at home. I think Torrance is going to have the ball ready to go. And keep in mind, Chicago's without Dylan Strom as well. as they've, uh, they've, They're have they've dropping a few players there um, due to injury. I think Strom's dealing with a concussion. So they'll be a little short uh, when it comes to skill. So I'm taking Columbus at minus 117. Again, not like yesterday's pick uh, with the Calgary Flames. But I, I like that one. And that's the one... I am going to roll with. All right, guys. It's Edmonton. It's Vancouver. Eight o'clock puck drop. Enjoy the game. See what uh, what kind of performance the Oilers show up. with. they're not so Jekyll and Hyde anymore. Uh, we've seen a lot more uh, a lot more good than bad here in recent weeks. So let's let's hope the Oilers continue that trend and come in and pick up another another valuable two points in Vancouver. Once again, thank you for all the downloads. This podcast is doing awesome. Keep subscribing, leave me a great review, good or bad, and I'll read it uh, on the podcast. All right, guys, let me know your predictions. Who's going to be your top point getter for the Edmonton Oilers? And my bet for today is Columbus for the locked on Oilers podcast. I am Hernando man, talking Los Petroleros. Enjoy the game. Go Oilers go. We'll chat tomorrow.